Whiskey for the Ages is not sponsored or endorsed for any product or program mentioned in this show and receive no remuneration from their creators. Welcome back to Whiskey for the Ages. I'm your host Brian Dawson and as always I've got Hannah and Alora with me. Hello, I'm Alora and Hannah here. As we've mentioned over the past couple of episodes, we've uh, an open mic tonight. We've got a couple people in from our local whiskey group that we belong to and we'll be bringing them in here in just a moment. Tonight we're going to be talking about Advent calendars or more specifically, our summer taste-off. So for the past few Christmases, the local group have sponsored the Advent Calendar events. Uh, we've done a couple over the summer as well. We're gonna be doing another one this summer. A 24-day taste-off where we get to taste and nose a whole bunch of new whiskeys that are unfamiliar to us and test ourselves along the way. I've been pretty good at them. Let me just throw it out there. I've been pretty decent at these so far. Yeah, didn't you get like the second I was place? second for a really long time. I was second for a really long time, the last one I think. I remember it really tested our endurance as well. It tested mine to where I was like, I'm I'm not having bourbon for like a month. I need a month off because it was just bourbon every single night. And for me, that was a bit much. Yeah, and I was a bit humbled. I think I was mid-pack at best. But that's the way it goes. So tonight we're going to talk about this whiskey advent calendar and, like I said, the taste off. Before we do that, girls, would you pour? Alora? Sazerac rye. I didn't feel like a bourbon today and I just wanted something I haven't had in a while so. I had some Sazerac last night and it's funny you got a rye because both dad and I got the James Pepper single barrel rye. So we've <laughs> all got a rye tonight. Yep and that's from our uh, barrel pick that we did uh, from the group. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Before we rain on anybody else's parade let's bring our guests in. Tonight, I've got Chris Schmier from the group and Ben Polstra. Hi, guys. Hi. Oh, hey. So, I first met Chris, uh, what was it, two years ago or thereabouts? I had purchased some Glen Cairns. You brought them to me at work, and I thought that was pretty, uh, pretty special. Here we have a guy that I don't know at all. It took time out of his day to bring something to me, but uh, that was pretty cool. So, uh, Chris, how did you get started in the whiskey journey? <laughs> you know, it, for me, I didn't drink a drop of alcohol until I was 39. Wow. And uh, my wife and I, evening on the back patio, I just felt like, you know, I'm married. Life is good. She likes to drink hard ciders. I'm going to have a hard cider with her. And so it started there. I have a good friend, uh, James, he's into brewing his own beer, doing all of that stuff, and I remember a uh, guy's trip up into McCall all weekend, he was giving me different beers, try this, try this, I made this, I made that, no, no, don't like it, give me, give me an Angry Orchard Cider, and then finally, before we're leaving, he's like, here, try this, took a sip. And as usual, he was expecting me to hand it back so he could finish it off. I'm like, hang on. Went back for a second sip. That's actually pretty good. He almost cried. It brought tears to his eyes because <laughs> he made that. It was a barrel-aged stout aged in a bourbon barrel. And he got, I believe, he entered into the fair and got a blue ribbon for that stout. And so he knew if he could take a non-beer drinker and convert them, he had something good. So from there I thought, well, if I like barrel-aged stouts, I might like bourbon. And then the rest is history. 
<laughs> so what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking, I'm doing a blind, actually. Ben oh. gave me, gave me a, a sample. And so both of them are Jack Daniels, single barrel, barrel proof, but private selections. Nice. Very cool. Okay. Nice. And Ben, what about you? What are you drinking? I have 2XO, the Innkeeper's Blend. It's a fresh crack tonight. Oh. We opened up the, the James Pepper tonight, too. Yeah. That, that was a fresh bottle for us. It's our last bottle. It's our last one. <laughs> like you, Chris, I kind of wish we had another one back in the wings somewhere. But... Mm -hmm. There's probably one floating around in somebody's basement out there. Yeah, I guarantee there's a couple who have been <laughs> Ben, I first met you when we were actually going to uh, do one of these advent calendars. Yeah. You had yeah, kind of posed right. it to the group. What was it, 2021 or thereabouts, August time frame? And uh, that kind of came about, we met somewhere, what was it, the uh, the Roosevelt Bar? And we kind of nailed some things down. You're kind of a fan of the blinds. How did you get started with your whiskey journey, and what made you uh, go down the road of the blinds? Um... So for me, it was a pretty slow progression. You know, I, I drank a lot of Jack Daniels in college <laughs> and then uh, got a little older, wanted to compare it to something and then compare it to something else. And just slow progression, wanted something different every night. And then I saw online people doing blinds and I'm like, that's a great idea. I'd like to know unbiased, which I'd like better. I'd like to know how how this $20 bottle stacks up against this $40 bottle, for mm -hmm. example. And, you know, sometimes those $20 bottles wins, and it's then you know, like, oh, I can save my money. Or, hey, I have a real reference for this type of bottle or this style or this distillery. Very cool. Our uh, second or third podcast episode, we reviewed... Uh, Old Forester 100. Uh, surprisingly, we had all jumped past that one. And I was very, very surprised at how fruity that was. That was a good one. I remember and, that one. And when we did it, shortly thereafter, I had some of the 1920 and the 1910 and what have you. And it always stuck in my mind that, yes, that 100 is lacking something but it has the basis of everything Old Forester. So much so that down the road, we did a whole expose on uh, Heaven Hill. And Heaven Hill has a funk. You know, every, every Heaven Hill you have has some similarities to it. Like you say, you try the different things, you see how they compare, you see what you like, you see how you, you know, see what changes. That Old Forester is a good example. The Old Forester 100, I think I did a blind against that and the the bottled and bond. I don't remember which year that is, but the in the whiskey row. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the twenty dollar bottle beat the forty or fifty dollar bottle. Yeah. It's sure. surprising how many are in that lower price tier that actually really stand up and really really show their stuff. There's a lot of good ones in that in that range. Whether it's the Sazerac rye or the Rittenhouse rye or even Old Overholt rye, you know, just in the rye category alone. Sometimes it's just quality that wins over cost. I have a theory there's a rule of diminishing returns. At some price point and some quality ratio that is your palate you get to the point where it just plateaus and the price gets higher, but mm -hmm. it doesn't hit you that much better. Mm -hmm. Right. We always have Evan Williams bottled and bond around and that $17 bottle. It, it amazes me that at the end of the night, after you've had anything else that you've poured, you go pour a little of that and it's always surprises me. This is this good I just at 18 bucks. picked up a handle of it. Yeah. It's always good. Chris, you got started uh, in our whiskey group. We'll talk about our whiskey group a little bit. 
Uh, care to mention who we are and, and what we do? And Yeah, so I was part of a couple different beer groups, and some nights I didn't feel like a beer because I get home late at night after working, and beer is just heavy, lots of carbs, a lot of ounces, and I just got into bourbon, and I just got into scotch, uh, Lagavulin 16, and you know, everyone does the typical post of here's, look at what I'm drinking, here's what I'm enjoying, and, and that's great, it, it creates conversation, it create, creates community, and I found myself, I, a couple times I was posting uh, whiskey, and I was like, man, I feel bad posting whiskey in this beer group, and then I mentioned, is there a whiskey group out there uh, so I could post these and not have to cross-post, and everyone said, no, but you should start one. So the next day, I told my wife, and I think it was Valentine's Day, and she said, yeah. So the the next day after that, February 15th of 2020, we started uh, Boise Whiskey Enthusiasts. And I invited a couple friends I knew that enjoyed whiskey and opened it up, and they invited people and more. And, you know, in the first month, we went from me to about 50 people, and it grew and grew. But it grew to the point where... It was almost too fast. And then you had all these people in there that weren't part of the community. They were just in it. Mm-hmm. And what we had noticed, they were in it so they could figure out where to go to get the next allocated bottle. And so we've slowly been cleaning house and trying to get it down. And a couple of us keep saying, all we need is 100 good people. We don't need the largest whiskey group in Idaho. We just need people who want to sit down and do blind flights and talk and, and do what you're doing here. That That's the community we want to have. Yeah, all about respect, not only of the spirit, for but for the people who sell it too. You know, whether yeah. that's the yep. distillery or the people in the liquor stores, you know, you know, speaking as someone who had worked in a liquor store, whenever a true, true... Boise Whiskey Enthusiast member would come in, it was always very obvious because they'd be very like, hey, you know, don't worry about it, or, you know, just trying to take take stock of what's going on, but no pressure, just yeah, don't worry about it. my friends run a liquor store, and, and the word they hate the most, do you have any blends? Blends. Yeah. It's yeah. always blends. The one, or the, I'm or, not allowed to utter that word. And sometimes it's not even, do you have any blends? It's, oh gosh, uh, it has a horse on it. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. 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 We, we all probably have a bottle of Blanton's, but it's not for us. It's for the person that comes over that wants right. it. And, and, Bingo. Okay, you can have some. Here have you go. Have you ever had this? Yeah. <laughs> I, I took a bottle of blends. I, I do Christmas lighting, and I went up to a Christmas light convention in Washington, and I took them a bottle of blends, and they're blown away at the generosity because in Washington, to one, fine blends is hard. Two, it's expensive. And I'm like, no, this is. 60 bucks. Yeah. I could get this almost every time they're available. They're not that hard to find for me. The saddest so, day I, I, in my whiskey journey was three, four years ago when we were still doing the Saturday morning drops. We'd all show mm-hmm. up at a store and we'd wait somewhere. I'm second in line or third in line or wherever um, in a store in Meridian. And this guy comes up to me and and says, what are you here for? And I told him that I was here for the bookers because that's typically what I would be looking for. And he says, well, there's Blanton's too. Will you buy me a bottle? I'll give you $100. And I told him, absolutely not. That's not what I do. And easily could have made the the, the money on it. And then he says, how about $120? I'll double your money. And I says, no, that's not what I do. So it, it yeah. just, it bothers me that there's people out there that, that do that. Bothers me too. Yeah. So, because it perpetuates a problem. You know, it, it really does. And, and the problem could be, like Hannah said, for the liquor store employee, but it also puts a, 
a bottle on the market that's not worth one hundred and twenty dollars. And there's so many that are out there like that. I mean, we can all name dozens of, of bottles that are overinflated in price. You know, just just because somebody can't get them doesn't mean that they're worth that much. So I think that's what makes the, the advent calendar really cool, though, because you get that experience, Ben, like you were saying, tasting something that maybe you wouldn't have given much thought to because of a price sticker. But then you get to try it and go, oh, wait a minute. No, this actually is really good. And, oh, wait a minute. It's not $60. It's not $40. Maybe it's just 20 or 30 bucks. You know, so the it really kind of gives an opportunity to have everybody's eyes opened and have a dialogue about something that maybe everybody's sleeping on. Yeah. And likewise, yeah. that's also, like, it showcases the brand, too. I remember before the advent calendar, my dad, he not Jack Daniels drinker <laughs> well there were a few Jack Daniels on there and he was like I really like this I really, really wild like turkey this. too wild turkey yeah and, every and time it, wild turkey shows up in the calendar I like it yeah but yeah. if I bottle a, buy a bottle I don't <laughs> like it <laughs> tell, like tell, a, them about, tell them about my uh, Weller 107 versus wild turkey rare breed guess <laughs> remember that yeah you i think when it on the the rare off, breed year off the nose and first sip i put my answer in said this is weller 107. Uh, <laughs> it's about as far from 107 as there is laughed and said you got zero points I'm like, what are you what? Yeah. And so yeah. now my new every day in my decanter wild turkey rare breed every day yeah, that, that's one that I I preach on. Is that rare breed is the, the bow down to you on that one. <laughs> yeah, I love that one too. That one is a good and, one. And every time I drink it, I don't like it. But every time it's in blind, I take it. Yeah. So why is that? Why yeah. why are we mentally opposed to things? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into this this whiskey advent and more specifically the taste off. As I said, Ben, you've been doing this a long time. How did you do your first whiskey advent? I mean, what is a whiskey advent? Maybe we should start there. Yeah, so the first one was the one that we all did that first year in 2021, that Christmas. I had heard, you know, online of other people, other groups, you know, even YouTube people have, have done these online. And, and people will order yeah. Yeah. Uh, whiskey. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that was, was that was, yeah, that yeah. was actually one of the reasons that I got the idea is one of the, the people in our group gets a, a scotch one every year online. And I was like, well, there's more than 24 easily available bottles in Idaho. We could, we could get 24 people to, to participate in this. Yeah. And, um, we, you know, we sat down and we had that conversation, and I think that we didn't know whether we wanted to do it more like a, like a Secret Santa type of situation, where we all poured 24 different, or a certain person, or if we wanted to do it more like an advent calendar where it was blind and everybody was drinking the same thing at the same time. Mm -hmm. And we, we put it up to the group, and it was pretty overwhelming that everybody wanted that shared experience. Yeah, right? Everybody wanted to be drinking the same thing all 24 days, first 24 days of December. And I thought that was really cool. That that first year, what's that? It was a hit. Everyone yeah. loved it. Yeah. yeah. It was, there was excitement. Yeah. I remember yeah. that every day we were pestering each other, hey, finish it so I can find out what it is we're drinking. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so... There was a real community experience there that was that was awesome, and then when we kicked it off, it was it was a little bit of a slow uptake, right? Like people were kind of unsure. It's like, well, if, am I going to just be drinking bottom shelf stuff all December? I want to drink my good stuff, but we we finally got it filled up, and I think people were amazed at everybody's generosity too. Mm -hmm. You know, some of some really nice bottles were in that that first one. I. I think every year, every one of these that we've done, the range has been somewhere 25 to 150 or something like that. Yeah. Or 
some that you probably wouldn't be able to find ever again. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that yeah. very first one, day 25 or day 24, purely luck of the random draw was an old Fitzgerald. I don't remember who put the old Fitzgerald like in there. Like a 1986 yeah. Dusty. Yeah. And, and by the way, that wasn't 100% luck. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we had 23 <laughs> random models. <laughs> but people would put no, in... No, I, I, Dan is the conductor of the orchestra. <laughs> he goes and he looks and says, this is going to be good for this week. And he's, he's rearranging. That, that's week. actually not true. No? It is, it is. It's all random. That is the only one that I've placed in a certain spot on a certain gotcha. day. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Because I kind of felt you had done that, but I had no way of knowing. Yeah, mm -hmm. but th that's pretty cool. And then the other thing is, that first year, all three of us were in. Uh, Laura was still off at uh, university, so I put her name in and, and uh, had her enter or whatever it was we did, and I kept thinking, well, mine didn't get picked. Hannah's didn't get picked. Alora's didn't get picked. So I'm going to know which one it is. As close, The closer we got to it, the less and less sure I was. Yeah. <laughs> well, and we would never tell each other either what, what we put in. Like, we've already, you know, put in the forms for this summer's advent calendar. I have no idea what, what what's I, being offered here. They don't know what I'm putting in either. Yeah. Now, this year, Alora didn't get put in. And, and I reason why I didn't is... We didn't know when it was going to end, and she's heading off to university and didn't want to have her her uh, have to deal with doing that. So it's just going to be the two of us here, and Hannah and I. But, man, we're looking forward to it. This has just mm -hmm. always been a fun, fun event, even though I have no idea what I'm drinking. Yeah. I've, always, yeah, I've always loved when people would put in um, local picks, not necessarily mm -hmm. from... From Idaho but people would be going on their vacations and whatnot and be you know oh here's something from California or here's something from Texas I think one year there was there there was something from Texas and it was a really really good offering but gosh darn it if I if I can't remember it now but well, perhaps it, I can do that from Montana <laughs> <laughs> yeah there we yeah. go yeah. but it's always been really cool to see the entire range not just like in the price point but in what people are willing to go hey you know this is one of my favorites which you know for me I'm always like you don't get to know my favorites I, or, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> yeah. we did Christmas and everybody kept saying I wish I could have got in I wish I could have got in I wish I could have got in and then we decided to do the summer and uh, wow. you up the ante I think uh, was it in the spring that year you did a uh, sweet 16 uh, or whatever, kind of a basketball tourney type thing, and you did March your yeah. own. You did your own uh, testing or what have you. Your own. Yeah, blinds. I did. I did a, a hundred-ish proof, thirty-two sample blind. You know, over the course of the month of March, um, was it thirty-two? It was either six, sixteen or thirty-two. Um, all I know is I kept rooting for the ones you weren't picking. <laughs> <laughs> so that, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I think uh, Four Roses Single Barrel won that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that even surprised you a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I was, I think what surprised me the most was um, how far Wild Turkey, what, the Masters keep? No, because it, it was all available bourbons. It oh, was, okay. It was, um, it was the 100 proof single barrel, whatever that is. Oh, Kentucky yeah. Spirit. Kentucky Spirit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So then you get to summer, and you decided to up the ante on all of us. And while you didn't demand it, you pretty much told us we're doing a competition. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that... During the Christmas one, everybody was like, you know, it'd be really fun to guess what they were and a winner at the end. And I said, well, we can, there's, you know, there's ways that we can do that. And, and so I said, well, let's everybody, let's pitch in and let's put together a contest, do the same thing, except you, you don't get scratch off labels. You don't get to know what they are. And I'll, 
I'll quiz you. What's the proof? What's the age? What distillery is it? What bottle is it? And I'll give you points based on how close you are. If you if you guys are familiar with the ADHD whiskey, he did a very similar thing on the internet called Matt Madness, and that's where I got the idea from. And bourbon junkies do the, uh, for a while they were doing the monthly yep. competition amongst themselves. Four guesses. Four yep. guesses. Yeah. Yep. So I thought, you know, we could do that, and then, you know, if we all put together some money, the winner gets a, gets a bottle at the end of it, and... And it'll be a fun summer contest. So there were some pitfalls in the summer one. Mostly because summer's tough to pull people together. They've got lives and they've got vacations and things yeah. blow apart and what have you. So And, and some people got discouraged from yes. their guesses. <laughs> well, I, was, I wasn't. <laughs> I was just fine. I, I was like 10, I did okay. <laughs> 10 days in, and I don't think I was in double digits yet. Right. <laughs> and then I had a run. I had a run. I, I jumped. I don't know. I was at 9, and then all of a sudden I was at 17, and I felt pretty good at myself. Yeah. When, when I stopped caring, then I started to do better. Yeah. When I stopped trying to A and B compare it to what I thought it was on the shelf, just get that out of your head, and then I did slightly better (laughs) the most focus the most focus i would put on any of it would be if i can pin down the distiller i'll work from there and yeah i was happy to just get like is it a bourbon rye or uh or is it a rye (laughs) (laughs) fair enough i felt extremely humbled when i chose a weeded and it was a straight rye, and then I realized I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. When you strip the labels off, it is difficult. The downside here, I think, from my perspective, Ben, you're not getting to participate in the game, though. I Yeah, that is a downside. But I have fun watching everybody, and I have fun <laughs> um, poking fun at people, sending them messages. Did you really just guess this? <laughs> I may have had a few of those. <laughs> and, and I'd reply, what was my score? And I'd get this little emoji goose egg, like, <laughs> no way. How did I get a goose egg? Well, I guessed I, there was one that had seven points. We'll talk about points here in a little bit. But I did everything right except I wrote the name of the distiller in the bottle instead yeah. of instead of whatever the bottle was. I wrote you know 1792 distillery. So idiot. <laughs> I know. I could tell that you knew exactly what it was too, and it was like ah, I can't. I can't give him the point. <laughs> Exactly. If we, it's, it's, it's because we get so excited. I know this one. <laughs> right? We, you know, in, in her circle of YouTubers, they mock her on it. And she came back this year and did much better. But it was in that moment, especially when they do Matt Madness, they're under a 30-second gun. you oh. got to figure this out in 30 seconds. Yeah. yeah. He takes forever to do them. Like, he'll, <laughs> he'll sit there until the entire sample bottle is gone before he's like... All right. I got to put something down. I'm locked in, you know, and and me, you know, in the first three sips, I'm like, let's wing it, you know, let's just go for it. We'll let instinct take over. Yeah. And then I get to enjoy the sample for the rest of the, for the rest of the pour. So let's do the math. There's 750 milliliters in a bottle. Okay. So if you divide 30 milliliters, that's 25 samples. Or as I like to say, 24 samples and spillage. Because I don't care how good we are, there's some spillage. Or save a little bit and give that to Ben. (laughs) Yeah. Usually what ends up happening is I just pour that into something else and have that whatever splash of something and then we're done. Because Ben, you could end up with a conglomerate of whatever it was, some infinity mixture that... (laughs) 
You could have somebody them all. Said, somebody said to do that one one year. We do a an advent, and instead of twenty four people, it's twenty three people, and the the twenty fourth sample it goes into an infinity bottle, and we all share it at the end. Ah, nice. that'd be cool yeah. too. I'd yeah. like that. That'd be cool. The trouble is, you're gonna get rye mixed with bourbons, mixed with mm -hmm. potential scotches. Yeah, well, yeah it, 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 it would definitely have to be a, a single style. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know, but we, like maybe Ben, you remember, we do a, an infinity bottle. And it's the first pour of any bottle over 120 proof. That's a bourbon. It's a bourbon, and we call it our neck pour. And if it's a weeded or if it's a ride, it doesn't matter, but it is bourbon. Our, our current infinity bottle is sitting at about 124 proof. And it's remarkably good. You know, we, we've filled uh, the bottle five times, I believe. Pour down, uh, sample out uh, 12 ounces or thereabouts, and then refill. And just keep cycling it over and over again. So there's still some residual of those very first ones that we started back in 2020. So fun, fun. So anyway, we've got those 24 bottles. Tell us about the actual little sample bottles. Ben, you're an advocate for... Uh, what is it, the bottle dispensary or the... Glass Bottle Outlet is the one that I typically use. They're cheap and they're reliable and they don't leak. So those are the ones that I typically advocate for. They have the little polycone in them. I noticed, I looked at them up today, they're like ten ninety nine for 24 of them right now. Yeah. I mean, it's super cheap. I don't know how many they've got left, but I will point out that if you're doing a Christmas advent, you probably want to be ordering those in November because yeah. there aren't going to be any, or maybe even October, because as I you get closer, I had extra bottles. Yeah, and then we use the ones over. Just make sure they're washed out clean, and that way yeah. there's no residual in there. So just use them over. So this year, what was it? Four weeks ago, Ben, you uh, threw out a social media sign up on the Facebook page that, uh, hey, we're ready for the 2023 summer taste-off. So we're doing another competition. So was it just a calendar tick that you had, or you just decided, okay, we're doing this? About a month ago, I put a, a poll out there just to gauge interest, make sure people were still interested in doing it as a contest, make sure everybody was, that there was going to be enough people. Um, and then I, it, it looked like there was going to be plenty of interest. So I put the sign-up sheet up about a week ago, and it filled up yesterday. Okay, pretty fast. Yep. I know the first time we did it, it took, what, almost three, four weeks before we got everybody filled in, and it was because it was new. Yeah, so. because it was just an advent calendar. We had a lot of people put in two or three bottles, too, just to to fill it out. Yeah, and that, that makes it sad and fun at the same time all the people that missed out yeah yeah they know better now yeah so what about points so this is going to be a, a contest of of wit and skill <laughs> yeah i have to go dust off my score sheets from last year um but it was you know basically a point of question and then like proof i think if they if you nailed it it was two points and maybe bottle the same or maybe bottle was just one I, point i think i think proof proof i think you gave two for exact and one, one within, within five mm -hmm. yes it was, yeah within five right and then uh for age i think you did the same thing two for exact right. uh one for within two years i think and I think that's pretty fair. I think that's pretty fair. I, you know, as as this was getting prepared for uh, this conversation, I I kept thinking, how can we get it to where we don't get the laggers, the people that fall behind? Is there some kind of incentive that we can get to where maybe somebody gets eight bottles behind or four bottles, whatever number of bottles behind, because. That was the thing last year that was troublesome. We were three weeks in and we only had, what, six bottles that were identified? Yeah, so I think this year, in order to combat that, so we generally, I think, 
I think last year we did it over about two months. Because, again, summers are busy. People are, you know, out of town. People don't have necessarily a, a, a night uh, to spend doing this every night for a month. So what we did was we spread it across two months. Just start now, finish in two months. And I think what I'm going to do a little bit to combat that this year is starting in that second month, um, let's say there's 24 days, so go back 24 days. Day one is going to be due by the end of the first week of the first month, right? And then day two is going to be done, it's going to be due by the second day. So there will be a rolling month where if you don't submit your questions, you'll get zero points. Fair enough. Because I like to know what I'm drinking. I think we all do. Yeah. 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 I had one person reach out to me and say, yeah, I stopped opening up samples and testing them until people get caught up. Yeah. It's hard. People are busy. Yeah. People, you know, I get off work at 10 p.m., drive 45 minutes home, and I don't want to be up till 1, 2 in the morning doing this all i give myself about 30 minutes i got 30 minutes to go through an ounce and try to figure it out and then get to bed and go work every everyone has a different reason for why and what and that's the hard part the more people you have involved the more moving parts you have and and that's and that's fair i I really think it's fair and we've certainly expanded all of the moving parts too because we haven't just done the whiskey advent calendar like we've done a couple other things now based off of that like we did the world we you know we've done a couple of variations off of the standard so there's tons of moving parts if everybody you know we've been involved in every yeah. single one of them so many layers there the world one was eye-opening that was yeah. a cool one that was really you like cool. that. Yeah. 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 I wish we could add more people, but on the flip side, it was nice having two ounces to drink rather than one. Yeah. So, you know, that that's the harder part. You know, if, if everybody put in two ounces, then everybody's putting in two bottles. So then it can get a little more expensive. So let's talk about the bottles. How does one go about selecting their their choice? I mean, you put out a poll, you know, what's your name? You know, what bottle do you want to share? That sort of thing. Yeah, so the, the, the only rule we really have is American whiskey only. And the only reason that we have that rule is because there's people that wouldn't participate if there was scotch in there or if there was Irish in there. because there's Or something. even American malt. Yeah. Just because they don't like it and, you know, everybody has their own palate. If it were me, I'd want it all. <laughs> But everybody has a different palate. So in order to have that full participation, I put that rule in, American only. When people come to me and say, well, what bottle should I put in? I said, I always like to tell people, pick something that's your favorite and something that other people may not uh, be able to appreciate because of the label. Yeah, like a sleeper. Right. Yeah. You know, pick something that you think is overlooked and will beat out a lot of expensive bottles. Yeah. That first year we put in some two nice bottles, and then I put in a Dry Fly uh, wow. Bourbon 101. Which I believe did did fairly well. well. Yeah. Well, the, the first year we actually didn't rate them. Did we didn't. We didn't. Yeah. You're right. But it, but it was just something that is surprising. You know, something that I like. We always have the Bourbon 101 on hand, and it's something I just, I just, I just enjoy. Not everybody does, but that's that's the way whiskey is. So we have no price limit on this. No, um, and and again, you know, behind the scenes, I, I've I've seen what the bottles are this year, and I, and again, it ranges from twenty to a hundred plus. And then the only real stipulation here, here is that there's no flavored whiskeys going in. Yeah, it has to be actual whiskey. Yeah. yeah. 
So we don't have to worry about uh, somebody getting screwball. <laughs> I think I think one of our members every year he when he submits he puts something like that in there. And I feel bad to him. It's Brian. <laughs> Randall? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's out. <laughs> I openly confess that is the only bottle that I've ever poured down the drain. I couldn't even drink it with coffee. I mean, there was just nothing redeeming about it. I tried it on ice cream. I tried it. You tried it on ice cream? Yes. We tried a lot of things with and I just to make it couldn't work. do it. I, that was uh, screwball? Yeah. yeah, the screwball. And yet it's supposedly one of the number one flavored whiskeys. I, I yeah. don't get it. it I'll, I'll confess, instead of a white Russian, instead of vodka, I like throwing the screwball in there. And that's just for... You want that peanut butter and creaminess, and you don't care about the whiskey. I care yeah. about the whiskey, and I'm not a peanut butter fan. I've two years now. I'm, I'm full in. I want the whiskey. I want to drink yeah. it neat, and I want to yeah. taste the flavors. But, you know, that was that was my trash days, as I call it. Yeah. <laughs> So our group is pretty locked in. We we know what's going on. Um, the very first time that we were getting bottles, we were filled. We filled our little sample bottles, and and now what do I do with them? We decided that Ben, you're getting them all because you were doing all the hard work. So there were some ideas out there originally. Do we do a meetup, swap swap things? Um, it's difficult to get 24 people in a room. Oh my God! Again, I, moving parts. Yeah, I, I floated it, and I just I couldn't get more than a handful ever. And I'm just like, okay, we're, what we're gonna do is just everybody drop it off at my house. Yeah, <laughs> and that worked for me really well. I mean, I, you're on the other side of town, but I work halfway between, so that was really easy. Yeah. Imagine for you, it was kind of a headache getting doorbell rings from people you don't know and then oh new box of whiskey <laughs> i was i was joking that that i'm just collecting 24 bottles here and you guys are never going to see it <laughs> see, he's filling them back with uh buffalo trace oh, yeah. okay so this one sure tastes a lot like that other one <laughs> oh, four roses limited edition i think i will just drain that into this bottle yeah <laughs> Ben, you've pretty much established the guidelines all along. Chris, uh, have you thrown input on this? I've, I've given my my opinion on a couple things, like here's where we we could do better next year. Here's some of the... Because, you know, people will ping me and go, I didn't like this or I like that. And I just throw it back at Ben and go, here's what I heard. You yeah. know, here's what a couple, couple uh, constructive criticisms were, but most part everyone enjoyed it and and as we know the the biggest criticism are the ones that fall behind and we want to know what we were drinking and we have to wait a month yeah you know i don't even remember it at that point yeah i mean right? it's a one-ounce yeah. sample how do i remember what i tasted a month ago yeah and i think really what people need mentally is just have fun yeah, true. Yeah. We didn't pay for this. You've got a free sample of something. Yeah. You'll know if you take notes, write down, at the very least, thumbs up, thumbs down. If you keep track of it, then fill in the blank later when we know what it is. Yeah, and with the scoring system, it, it emails you back your what you put in. Yeah. So yeah. you can remember, oh, yeah, I thought that was whatever yeah. it was sometimes way off yeah. yeah yeah sometimes i think people want instant gratification they want the instant what is it click a button tell me what it is so ben you've got a really cool system um the very first one we did was was no guesses but essentially it was a scratch off and behind the scratch off was a list of the bottle name, the proof, the age if it was there, maybe a distillery information, but just some basic generic details. 
Tell us, tell the group, tell everybody in the world, how did you come up with that label? I have, you know, two-inch thermal printed labels, and I'm like, what can I fit on here that's relevant, basically? Uh-huh. So, I mean, it, it wasn't a whole lot of, of thinking about what was on the label. I did, on the, on the summer taste-off, I added a QR code for the, the link to the quiz. I mean, that was the only thing that was a little bit, had a little bit of thought in it, right? It's how do I link to that quiz when it's a physical bottle? It's like, oh, everybody has a phone. They can use a QR code. Yeah, and I like that. That was was really really easy. easy. Just hold the bottle, QR code, quiz, fill it out, send it in. Very simple. So then we had a, a beginning date and an end date. The end date was somewhat in flux, but the beginning date. Do you have an idea when we're going to start this one? One of the trickiest parts, like you mentioned, is is getting all the bottles in. So I have to get 24 of these bottles in, or sets of bottles in, switch them all up so that everybody has one of each, and then redistribute them. So for the summer ones, it's basically whenever you pick them up, right? You can start if you want to start then, or you can wait till August, or, you know. Generally, it takes about two weeks to get the bottles in at a minimum. So we're probably not looking like we're going to start until beginning of July, middle of July. Yeah, well, beginning of July, it's hard to believe it's two weeks away. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, yeah. that's tough, tough to oh, really? believe that summer's com- coming to a... Summer's ending. I don't like that. I'm ready to start again. We didn't have summer yet. I actually kind of like not having a sauna, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing this taste off. We've talked about the points. And we talked about some challenges. Anything we're missing? Anything you guys would like to think about or talk about that we haven't discussed? Just have fun. I mean, that the general concept is have fun, build community. Don't overthink it. Don't beat yourself up. Don't be jealous of someone else's points or I wish I had done this or I wish I had donated that and just gratitude. Just every day you're living, you're breathing, you're able to, you have enough health to enjoy this beverage and you have enough community to share it. So true. Bourbon's an experience should be shared yeah 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 and that's what this is all about is is sharing well i do like that yeah and it brings the community together too which is that that's the whole reason we're doing it yeah i know that we've mentioned that there are some youtubers that'll do this probably there's other people beyond YouTube that do it. Have you seen any, I'm not on Facebook, have you seen any sign that maybe other whiskey groups like in other states are are picking this up as well? Or, you know, maybe not necessarily because, you know, little Podunk Idaho is doing anything. But, you know, at the same time, it'd be kind of cool to know that other communities around the country, around the world maybe even. Is there whiskey life out there? <laughs> There's a lot of local whiskey groups in different regions doing something very similar. Yeah, and there's there's lots of variations on it. Like I I've seen a lot. I I think the more common method of doing it is you pay me fifty dollars or whatever the number is. I go out and buy twenty four bottles and I put them put it all together Ah. instead of you know having that what i think is cool is having the community aspect where everybody's bringing a bottle to the the table yeah yeah i I know like uh with matt madness adhd whiskey he's originally from michigan which is near your neck of the woods (laughs) but uh they were able to yeah, amass a large collection, say 20 Weller 107s and 20 bottles of, you know, and then they, if they have 200 people who want to contribute and do this, then they had enough bottles to fill 24 days worth of Advent calendar. For multiple so people. That's a big community comes 
together and making, you know, instead of one bottle of everything, they had multiple bottles in reserve, ready to go, ready for the community. That's well, really cool, too. Well, that would be very fun. I don't necessarily want Ben to have that headache. <laughs> no, no. You know, we need a community to put that together. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and you can't lay the... Sh that's just too much weight for any one person exactly. to carry. Exactly. I sometimes think it's too much weight for Ben to be carrying, but, like, I can tell you're having fun laughing at us. <laughs> oh I, yeah i totally have fun doing it and it's you know even just drop-offs and pickups you know it's fun to chat with all of the members for five minutes and see how how they're doing what they what they're drinking lately yeah yeah very cool so i think yeah the big takeaway especially for our listeners is even if you're not in the boise whiskey enthusiast group maybe you should look into your social media outlets and see if there's other like-minded individuals in your community. And, you know, maybe be like Chris and start your own. Right. And even if you have six good friends, just yeah. do something like that amongst your own friends. Whatever it is. Whatever your circle is. Yeah. Build, challenge each other to try something that you wouldn't normally try by stripping the labels off and testing do you like that because of the label, or do you like it because it's really a mash bill that fits your palate? And as as time goes by, all palates change. Yeah. You know, I can tell you that my palate from five years ago is completely different than my palate today. I still have my favorites. I still have my mental favorites that maybe are not really favorites, but I like to say I like them. Well, taste buds are always changing. It's uh, speculated that every seven years you have a different set of taste buds. So, biology, <laughs> biology, people. Yeah. You know, yeah, the older you know, Chris. You get less taste buds uh, actively functioning, and yeah. brain cells to uh, interpret those taste buds. Yeah. It becomes less and less. It just right. happens. Well, I think your experience also changes it too. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I, you know. You go through a phase where maybe you're really into barbecue, and certain suddenly all the bourbons you like tend to lead in that smoky direction. Right. You know, or maybe you're in a fruity mood, so all the bourbons you like are in that fruity direction. Yeah. You know, we we talked about we did the the Heaven Hill expose. You know, Heaven Hill has a funk. Jim Beam has a funk. Old Forester has a funk, and each one is very different. So if we, if we know that, okay, I like peanuts, well, it's quite likely a Jim Beam product is going to be very peanut forward. Not always, but that's typical of their products. You know, fruit forward, uh, Buffalo Trace products to me are very fruit forward. You know, it's, just, it's just the nature of what they are. So that's uh, that's our uh, feature topic here, guys. I really want to thank you. I'm going to talk about three whiskeys that are going to be out there, or maybe impossible to find because that's typically what happens. But uh, <laughs> this past fortnight in whiskey, there were quite a few news stories that came out. The first one I'm going to mention is uh, a Jim Beam product. They just dropped a 17-year-old bourbon meant to highlight the Kentucky terroir of the area. It's uh, part of their Hardens Creek series. It's going to be their Hardens Creek Claremont. It's said to be a rich and oaky sipper. Now that would make sense if it's 17 years old. You could pretty much say that it's going to be full of oak. It's also got a little bit of heat to it. That's bottled at 110 proof. There are notes of ripe blackberry, pecan, and vanilla and custard on the palate. And then uh, lastly, it's supposed to have a spicy finish that adds a little bit of brown sugar in it. Listed at $170. That's a price point. That's going to be a tough one. They aren't make, making very many bottles away, uh, available to it. Uh, however, it's the Hardens Creek Claremont. 
And then Woodford Reserve just dropped its strongest bourbon yet, and that's their Woodford Reserve series. Their 2023 batch proof bottled at 124.7. Have you guys ever had any of those uh, Woodford Reserve uh, bottlings? Those special bottlings? The batch proof or the yeah the, the batch uh, yeah. The, I, I think I've had a sample of it. I, I've never had a bottle of it. Yeah. No, never, never had a bottle of it. So this one's kind of interesting. Um, we did a series of while back uh, w women in the whiskey world. The uh, the person responsible for this, Elizabeth McCall. Uh, she is now the master distiller at Woodford Reserve. She took over from the longtime guy that was there. And this is her baby. I guess she's been f working on this one uh, from inception all the way through. It's supposed to have a nose of toasted almond, cherry and banana, a little baking spice and pine on the palate, and some tannic sweet finish of leather and vanilla, and a little bit of cedar on the finish. Oh, that sounds really good. And this one's a little more price friendly. Uh, their Woodford Reserve uh, Batch Proof 2023 MSRP at about 130. That's still that's still a price point. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the last one uh, is Parker's Heritage 2023 release. This one is kind of confounding people. It's a 10-year-old rye. Uh, they have done a lot of experimenting with their Parker's Heritage series. Uh, when Hannah did the uh, Heaven's Hill. Uh, expose we learned a little bit about Parker's heritage are you familiar with how it got started and why they've done it that yeah. that it's very uh, cool it is really cool yeah um, it's uh, a portion of the the proceeds for well a portion of every bottle goes to ALS research and treatment because Parker beam had ALS and actually uh, died succumbed to, succumb yeah. to it um, at any rate People are wondering, why are they only doing a 10-year-old rye? There's not a lot of information about it. They don't know if it's extra toasted or extra charred or whatever. Um, they've released no profile, no pricing range, what have you. But typical uh, Parker's release have been in that 150 range. Uh, I personally kind of think I would buy that only for uh, the, the uh, money going to the ALS Foundation. I think that's pretty cool that distilleries are giving back. You guys can find this, or anybody out there in the listener world can find links to these stories on our website. We have a page that takes you to news links and so much more. We do the complete uh, MLA citation, so we're not just pulling <laughs> these out of the world and saying, hey, this is my story. We're giving credit where credit's due. And uh, that's all... That, that's the news for the week. Maybe we'll see one of those in an advent calendar one day. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Might be a little ways off, but yeah. we can we can dream. Yeah. Well, girls, this has been a fun episode. And yeah. Got to thank Ben and Chris for sticking with us and telling us their stories and talking about uh, whiskey advents and, more importantly, the taste-off that we're having this summer. And the community. Yeah. yeah. Community, community, community. Uh, so... We've only got a couple more shows left in this series. We uh, are doing 10 episode series. Next episode in a couple weeks, we're going to talk about some history, some whiskey history. Still haven't picked out uh, a topic, but did you guys know that uh, the Pilgrims had a still on the Mayflower? Huh? I did not know that. Yeah, they brought over a still. So wow. I don't know if I can find enough information about that story. Um, we learned a couple weeks ago, Old, Hover, Old Overholt is the oldest continuing brand of whiskey in America. Started in 1810, and it's just changed hands numerous times. And uh, believe it or not, Old Overholt's going to have a 10-year uh, rye coming out here within the next year. So that'll be kind of interesting to see what they're doing with that old brand. Uh, but anyway, there's lots of history to come. And then... Uh, I did put a poll up on our uh, our BWE site, and I also posted the poll on my uh, site, and I also posted it uh, on uh, LinkedIn. And the overwhelming favorite for us to review was Colonel Taylor Batch 10, Barrel Proof. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be doing that in our last episode. 
So that'll be kind of fun. That's okay. what we have going on. And then we'll take a little bit of a break and then come back to you with season two. New ideas, new topics. We'll have some fun with that as well. Yep. So we're uh, now available. Our podcasts are available on Podbean. That is our original platform. But we're also on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Player Radio, Samsung Podcasts, Podchaser, Boom Play, and more to come. Guys, as we end the show, I don't know how you'll do it, but how we always end our show by ringing a Glen Cairn, saying cheers to everybody. So if you want to hold up your glasses and we'll simulate getting a cheer. <laughs> oh, Chris has got to go. He's got oh. two glasses. Oh, we've got it. We've got oh, it. All right, all right. Perfect. So good night, everybody. We'd like to thank you. Chris, Ben, thank you so much. Thank you. And cheers, everybody. Cheers. cheers.